Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Quine, welcome back to the Old Testament podcast. This will be for episode uh, Exodus chapter 28. So uh, I'm going to read a lot of, of narrative here about the descriptions of the clothing for the for the priests and so on. Um, some of this um, will be just extra material. Uh, the chapter's not very long, but the narrative is. So uh, buckle up. Okay. When the children of Israel forfeited their right to the higher priesthood and its associated blessings and responsibilities, the Lord established the Levitical priesthood among them. Through this order of the priesthood, Israel enjoyed the principles of the preparatory gospel. They were reminded continually of the atoning sacrifice of the Savior who was symbolically represented before them in the person officiating as priest. The pattern for the official clothing of the high priest or presiding head of the Aaronic priesthood, not the Melchizedek office of high priest, was given by revelation and had symbolic as well as practical significance. It consisted of the following items, ephod, the ephod pronounced Aphod in Hebrew was an article of sacred clothing worn by the high priests of the of the Levitical priesthood. The Lord directed that they not wear ordinary clothing during their service, but they were to have holy garments made by those whom the Lord had filled with the spirit of, of wisdom. These sacred garments were to be passed from father to son along with the high priestly office itself. The ephod or the aphod worn over a blue robe and made of pure of, of blue, purple, and scarlet material with designs of gold thread skillfully woven into the fabric. This garment was fastened at each shoulder and had an intricately woven band with which it could be fastened around the waist. In gold settings on each shoulder were onyx stones engraved with the names of the twelve sons of Israel as a memorial as the priests served before the Lord. Fastened to the ephod, or the aphod, I get that, I keep getting that wrong, of the aphod was a breastplate into which the Urim and Thummim could be placed. The exact function of the aphod is not known. As President Joseph Fielding Smith observed, information concerning these ancient ordinances was never recorded in any detail because such ordinances are sacred and not for the world. This apron, as it is sometimes translated, signified a beautiful symbolic concept with the two onyx stones which fastened the aphod on the shoulders. The high priest, a type of Christ and also of his authorized representatives, entered the tabernacle or the house of the Lord or God's presence, carrying the Israel on his shoulders. The breastplate, attached to the aphod with golden chains and ouches or sockets or fasteners, was the breastplate. The breastplate worn by Aaron and subsequent high priests should not be confused with the one used by the prophet Joseph Smith in translating the Book of Mormon. Aaron's breastplate was made of fabric rather than of metal and was woven of the same material that was used in making the aphod. It was twice as long as it was wide and when folded became a square pocket into which the Urim and Thummim was placed. Upon the exposed half of the breastplate were precious stones inscribed with the names of each of the twelve of each of the tribes of Israel. Thus the high priest bore the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart for a memorial before the Lord continually. The symbolism of the high priest carrying Israel next to his heart lends added meaning to the promise that the Lord will someday select his jewels. The Urim and Thummim. As noted above, the Urim and Thummim was carried in the pouch formed when the breastplate was folded over. 
A Urim and Thummim consisted of two special stones called seer stones or interpreters. The Hebrew words Urim and Thummim, both plural, mean lights and perfections. Presumably, one of the stones is called Urim and the other Thummim. Ordinarily, they are carried in a breastplate over the heart. Abraham had them in his day, and Aaron and the priests in Israel had them from generation to generation. Ammon said of these stones, The things are called interpreters, and no man can look in them except he be commanded, lest he should perish, for that he ought not, and he should perish, or that he should look for he for that he ought not, and he should perish. And whosoever is, in other words, if you look in it, you're going to die. <clears throat> and whosoever is commanded to look in them, the same is called seer. The existence and use of the Urim and Thummim as an instrument of revelation will continue among exalted beings in eternity. The Urim and Thummim of Aaron was not the same as that used by Joseph Smith, for the prophet received the Urim and Thummim used by the brother of Jared. <clears throat> the robe. This robe was blue and was woven without seams with a hole and the head to go through. Jesus, the great high priest, was clothed in a similar seamless garment prior to his crucifixion. Along the hem of the robe were placed alternately bells and fringes woven to look like pomegranates. One scholar noted the significance of the robe and its ornaments. The robe was woven in one piece, which set forth the idea of wholeness or spiritual integrity, and the dark blue color indicated nothing more than the heavenly origin and character of the office with which the robe was associated. The true significance of the robe must be sought for, therefore, in the peculiar pendants, the meaning of which is to be gathered from the analogous instructions in Numbers 15, where every Israelite is directed to make a fringe in the border of his garment of dark blue purple thread, and when he looks at the fringe to remember the commandments of God and do them. In accordance with this, we are also to seek for allusions to the word and testimony of God in the pendant of pomegranates and bells attached to the fringe of the high priest's robe. The simile in Proverbs 25.11, where the word is compared to an apple, suggests the idea that the pomegranates, with their pleasant odor, their sweet and refreshing juice, and the richness of their delicious kernel, were symbols of the word and testimony of God as a sweet and pleasant spiritual food that enlivens the soul and refreshes the heart. And that the bells were symbols of the sounding of this word, or the revelation and proclamation of the word. Through the robe with this pendant attached, Aaron was represented as the recipient and medium of the word and testimony which came down from heaven, and this was the reason why he was not to appear before the Lord without that sound, lest he should forfeit his life. It was not because he would simply have appeared as a private person if he had gone without it, for he would always have the holy dress of a priest upon him, even when he was not clothed in the official decorations of the high priest, but because no mere priest was allowed to enter the immediate presence of the Lord. This privilege was restricted to the representative of the whole congregation, that is, the high priest, and, and even he could only do so when wearing the robe of the word of God, as the bearer of the divine testimony upon which the covenant fellowship with the Lord was, was uh, founded. Now remember also, remember the, I mentioned here that the robe had bells on it, and that as the priest is in the Holy of Holies with the bells ringing, showing that he's moving about, and uh, if he should die inside the Holy of Holies, obviously no one else could go in there because they aren't authorized. So they would tie a rope around their waist so that in the event that they did die, they could pull them out with the rope and not have to go inside the Holy of Holies. So one of the purposes of the bells is so that they could tell that the person was still alive inside. The golden diadem and the mitre. The mitre, or hat, was made of fine linen, and each priest wore one. In addition, the high priest wore a golden band on the front of his mitre on the forehead. 
Engraved on the band were the words, Holiness to the Lord, signifying first that the high priest should be characterized by this attribute, and second, that Christ, the great high priest, would be perfectly holy before God. That was out of the Institute Manual. All right, verse 1, And take thou unto the Aaron thy brother and his sons with him from among the children of Israel, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office, even Aaron, Nadab, and Abihu, Eleazar, and Ithamar, Aaron's sons. And thou shalt make holy garments for Aaron thy brother for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt speak unto all that are wise-hearted, whom I have filled with the spirit of wisdom, that they may make Aaron's garments to consecrate him, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. And these are the garments which thou shalt, which they shall make a breastplate, the breastplate attached to the to the aphod with golden chains and ouches. I think I just uh, talked about all that, didn't I? Uh, and an aphod, and a robe, and a broidered coat and mitre, and a girdle, and they shall make holy garments for Aaron thy brother and his sons, that he may minister unto me in the priest's office. Why do clothes make a difference? Elder Holland said, May I suggest that wherever possible a white shirt be worn by the deacons, teachers, and priests who handle the sacrament. For sacred ordinances in the church, we often use ceremonial clothing, and a white shirt could be seen as a gentle reminder of the white clothing you wore in the, in the baptismal font, and in anticipation of the white shirt you will soon wear into the temple and on your missions. That simple suggestion is not intended to be pharisaic or formalistic. We do not want deacons or priests in uniforms or unduly concerned about anything but the purity of their lives. But how our, but how our young people dress can teach a holy principle to us all, and it certainly can convey sanctity. As President McKay taught, a white shirt contributes to the sacredness of the holy sacrament. And that was out of the Strength of Youth pamphlet, too. Uh, your body is, is God's sacred creation... Respect it as a gift from God and do not defile it in any way. Through your dress and appearance, you can show the Lord that you know how precious your body is. You can show that you are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Prophets of God have always counseled his children to dress modestly. The way you dress is a reflection of what you are on the inside. Your dress and grooming send messages that you are to what you are to others and influence the way you and others act. When you are well-groomed and modestly dressed, you invite the companionship of the Spirit and can exercise a good influence on those around you. Never lower your dress standards for any occasion. Doing so sends the message that you are using your body to get attention and approval and that modesty is important only when it is convenient. Immodest clothing includes short shorts and skirts, tight clothing, shirts that do not cover the stomach, and other revealing attire. Young women should wear clothing that covers the shoulder and avoid clothing that is low cut in the front or, back or the back or revealing in any, other, in any other manner. Young men should also maintain modesty in their appearance. All should avoid extremes in clothing, appearance, and, and hairstyle. Always be neat and clean and avoid being sloppy or inappropriately casual in dress, groom, grooming, and manners. Ask yourself, would I feel comfortable with my appearance if I were in the Lord's presence? Someday you will be. You will receive your endowment in the temple. Your dress and behavior should help you prepare for that sacred time. Do not disfigure yourself with tattoos or body piercings. If girls or women desire to have their ears pierced, they are encouraged to wear only one pair of, of modest earrings. Show respect for the Lord and for yourself by dressing appropriately for church meetings and, and activities, whether on Sunday or during the week. If you are not sure what is appropriate, ask your parents or leaders for help. Again, that was out of the Strength of Youth pamphlet. <clears throat> Verse 
5. And they shall take gold and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen. And they shall make the ephod of gold and of purple and of scarlet and fine twine linen with cunning work. It shall have two shoulder pieces joined at the two edges thereof, so it shall be joined together. And the curious or skillfully woven girdle of the ephod which is upon it shall be of the same according to the work thereof, even of gold, of purple, of blue, of purple, and scarlet, and fine twine linen. And thou shalt take two onyx stones, engrave on them the names of the children of Israel, six on their, of their names on one stone, and the other six names on the rest of the other stone, according to their birth. With the work of an engraver in stone, like the engravings of a signet, thou shalt engrave the two stones with the names of the children of Israel. Thou shalt make them to be set in ouches or settings of gold. And thou shalt put the two stones upon the shoulders of the of the aphod for stones of memorial unto the children of Israel. And Aaron shall bear their names before the Lord upon his two shoulders for a, a memorial. With the two onyx stones which fastened the aphod on the shoulders, the high priest, the type of Christ, and also of his authorized representatives, entered the tabernacle, the house of the Lord, or God's presence, carrying Israel on his shoulders. I think I said that before. Verse 13, And thou shalt make ouches of gold, and two chains of pure gold at the ends of, of wreathen or braided work shalt thou make them, and fasten the wreathen chains on the, to the ouches. And thou shalt make the breastplate of judgment with cunning work. After the work, or similar to, of the aphod, thou shalt make it. Of gold, of blue, and of purple, and of scarlet, and of fine twine linen, thou shalt make it. Four square it shall be doubled. A span shall be the length thereof, and a span shall be the breadth thereof. In other words, the width of the hand. And thou shalt set it in settings of stones, even four rows of stones. The first row shall be a sardius, a topaz, and a carbuncle. This shall be the first row. And the second row shall be an emerald, a sapphire, and a diamond. And the third row, a, a, a ligure, an agate, and an amethyst. And the fourth row, a beryl, and an onyx, and a jasper. They shall be set in gold in their enclosings. And the stones shall be with the names of the children of Israel, twelve, according to their names, like the engravings of a signet. Every one of his name shall they be according to the twelve tribes. Remember in the book of Revelation that uh, <clears throat> John sees um, heaven, and he describes it as a sapphire or an emerald. Um, and though he's using symbolism of, uh, of these 12 tribes of Israel, and uh, he mentions uh, several of the stones, but one of them is the beginning stone, one is the end stone, one is the stone which is, represents uh, Judah, which represents Jesus. So there's some symbolism in the, in the listing that John has of the, of the stones that he mentions in the book of Revelation. Verse 22, And thus shalt thou make upon the breastplate chains at the ends of wreath and work of pure gold, and thou shalt make upon the breastplate two rings of gold, and shalt put the two rings on, of the two ends of the breastplate. And thou shalt put the two wreath and chains of gold in the two rings which are on the ends of the breastplate, and the other two ends of the two wreath and chains thou shalt fasten in the two, or, in the two ouches and put them on the shoulder pieces of the aphod before it. And thou shalt make two rings of gold, and thou shalt put them upon the two ends of the breastplate in the border thereof, which is in the side or next to the aphod inward. And the two outer and the two other rings of gold thou shalt make, and thou shalt put them on the two sides of the aphod underneath, toward the forepart thereof, over against the other coupling thereof, above the curious girdle of the of the aphod. I'm glad that there's pictures of this so we can kind of visualize what's being done here. 
Verse 28, And they shall bind the breastplate of the ring, by the rings thereof unto the rings of the ephod with a lace of blue, and it may be above the curious girdle of the ephod, and that the breastplate be not loosed from the ephod. And Aaron shall bear the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart when he goeth in unto the holy place for a memorial before the Lord continually. Thus the high priest bore the names of the children of Israel in the breastplate of judgment upon his heart for a memorial before the Lord continually. Verse 30, And thou shalt put on the breastplate of judgment the Urim and Thummim, remember lights and perfections, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. And thou shalt make the the robe of the ephod all of blue, and there shall be a hole or an opening for the head in the top of it. In the midst thereof it shall have a binding of woven work round about the whole of it, as it were the whole of an of a habergian, or opening in a coat or of mail, that it be not rent. And beneath upon the hem of it shall 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 make pomegranates of blue and of purple and of scarlet round about the hem thereof, and bells of gold between them round about. A golden bell and a pomegranate, a golden bell and a pomegranate upon the hem of the robe round about, and it shall be upon Aaron to minister, or when he ministers, and his sound shall be heard when he goeth in unto the holy place before the Lord, and when he cometh out, that he die not. Remember, as I mentioned, that uh, they actually tied a, a rope around the priest's uh, waist, so that if he did die, uh, that he would be he could be pulled out. Verse 36, And thou shalt make a plate of pure gold, engrave upon it, like the engravings of a signet, holiness, or consecration to the Lord. And thou shalt put it on a, or attach it with blue lace, that it may be upon the mitre, or the turban, or the cap, upon the forefront of the mitre it shall be. And it shall be upon Aaron's forehead, that Aaron may bear the iniquity, or atone for, of the holy things which the children of Israel shall hallow in all their holy gifts. And it shall be always before his forehead, that they may be accepted before the Lord. And thou shalt embroider the coat of fine linen, and thou shalt make the mitre of fine linen, and thou shalt make the girdle of needlework. And for Aaron's sons thou shalt make coats, and thou shalt make for them girdles and bonnets, hats and headdresses, shalt thou make for them for glory and for beauty. And thou shalt put them upon Aaron thy brother and his sons with him, and shalt anoint them, and consecrate them, and sanctify them, that they may minister unto me in the, in the priest's office. And thou shalt make them linen breeches to cover their nakedness from the loins, even unto the thighs they shall reach. And they shall be upon Aaron and upon his sons, when they come into the tab- in unto the tabernacle of the congregation." <clears throat> or tent of meeting, or when that when they come near unto the altar to minister in the holy place, that they bear not iniquity, or do not incur guilt and die, it shall be a statute forever unto him and his seed after him. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and uh, there's a lot of descriptions of clothing and stuff like that, huh? Anyway, uh, see you next time. Bye.